Welcome to another episode of the Dentology Podcast, where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry, from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset, through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. So, uh, what a cracking conversation with Nikki Rowland. Brilliant, brilliant. I'll tell you what known about her for ages uh, it was great to talk to her but also her backstory for how she knows and has got into dentistry and why she's credible yeah fascinating for people yeah. I think. and i think that when people understand kind of the the stages that she's been through to enable her to have that that kind of real confidence and experience mm. to support practice owners but also all the resources that she talked about that were yeah as well. huge huge yeah. and and i think people that well we didn't know they were there let's be honest you know there's a lot of information that they give away for free to help mm. you know that that thing about you know you're going to try and have an awkward conversation with a team member there's a coaching video yeah that's got to be a great one for people yeah. to look at yeah she embodies all that's good in dentistry i always see it as a very collaborative supportive community yeah and yeah nikki that really came across strongly yeah and you got to see her here absolutely yeah no it's lovely really good so welcome to our latest episode of dentology the business of dentistry podcast and today we are absolutely delighted and privileged to have nikki Rowland joining us and nikki is an ex-practice owner already she's already set up and sold a practice could you oh. believe she's the co-founder of the exceptional leadership academy and a positive force in dentistry welcome nikki how are you doing oh, lovely introduction thank you so much yeah and thank you for inviting me guys it's a pleasure to be here that's good no not at all it's nice to have you here and i think from what i've read of you so far it sounds like we're gonna have a great conversation <laughs> I, think so, yeah, it should be, I think it'll be wide and varied I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're a well-known face and voice in in dentistry uh, you know you're uh, you've run a group on on facebook and and you you seem to crop up here there and everywhere <laughs> like i say you your your work and your profile is, is is just great stuff but it'd be good to talk about your practice ownership experience but before we get to that how did you get into the profession profession was was that the routine for you? Uh, no it wasn't actually um it's, it's something that a lot of people don't know about me I actually trained in my youth as a chartered and state registered physiotherapist and one of my mm, areas right. of special okay. interest was, was actually head and neck oncology so I worked with max fax teams for years so that was oh, that was sort of the connection with, with dentistry. Um, but just coincidentally, my really good friend went off to dental school in Birmingham and she introduced me to a dentist who I ended up marrying. Oh, yeah, so that, okay. that sort of, it's a bit of a tenuous link originally, but then yeah, I ended yeah. up marrying a dentist. Right, so uh, that, well, was your, right. that was your official routine, that was the official although there was a professional yes. route yeah. as well. And... I say you were a practice owner. You set up a squat dental practice with your husband. Yes, that's absolutely right. And it is, I think it's one of the questions, it is the hardest thing I've ever done. I say, <laughs> how did you find that one? It was, it was tough because obviously being a physiotherapist, I did have some management um, responsibilities mm. as a senior physio, but I'd never managed my own team. I knew nothing about business. I didn't know the first mm. thing about dentistry, you know, in general practice. And I just had baby number two and wasn't getting much sleep at night. So it was a crazy, perfect, perfect timing. Absolutely perfect. Did you try (laughs) me? 
Did you try and move house in the meantime? <laughs> uh, that's that a, that's a nice stressful one. Yeah, that was a bit. Of oh, there we go. Oh, at least you a bit more <laughs> sensible. So you gave yourself so a bit of a run up. Two babies and a bit. So what, what was? So what was the driver to to, to start then? Because also your, your your husband is the clinical dentist. Yes. You say that you have no business experience at all. Um, I can understand buying a dental practice mm. because lots of people do that and that's the most common route into ownership. But to set up a squat, yeah. that's that's challenging. It was a real challenge, that? Andy, because we secured an NHS contract in the November and they wanted us operational in the February. So we had three months. In the February? In the February. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So literally we interviewed team members on a building site Oh, it was a huge risk nice. for them, you know, walking through the door and it literally mm. we were wearing yeah, hot hats. Yeah, you know, that's where we were at with it. And we were interviewing team members there, but we did it. We did it. We didn't see Christmas. We didn't see my husband's 40th, but we made it. We made it. Wow. What, what's interesting about that is Chris and I were talking earlier on today about leadership. And if you see, if you meet a strong leader who's got a really mm. clear vision of where they're going, you'll kind of walk over hot coals mm-hmm. for them. So there's obviously something about you and your husband that even though you had hard hats and you were in a building site, the the story you were able to tell the those passion. people was sufficiently strong enough that they still wanted to be part of yeah, where you were going. Yeah, and, and I think it was a strong story because this is one of the things, um, you know, I do with practices when I consult now. We actually had our exit strategy in place before we opened our doors. We, mm, knew, well, I think it's so we knew that we wanted to, to run a business for 10 years, by which time the girls would be, you know, getting that bit older, looking to go to university further down the line. And we could just sit back a little bit, having done the hard work. So that's basically what we had in mind. So we had our business plan. We had our exit strategy. And we just worked back from that. And that's mm. what. So you won. So you won your tender. So was it was mm. it exclusively an NHS practice? Sorry, say again, Andy. W- was it exclusive? No, no, we NHS were mixed. Practice. You won the tender. Yeah, we you, were, you were mixed practice. And what sort of what sort of size practice was it? How many people? Um, we we opened our doors and we had two chairs. And we, I mean, we were just the compromise. Really, was the, the size of the building. So we ended up with four right. chairs. Mm. But it was enough. It was enough. We ended up with about 20 team members. So, and that was quite a nice size practice. You know, it was still, you know, had a lovely family feel. We're in a little market town. So, you know, it's just Mm. a nice place to be and a lot of passing trade. And uh, Mm. we did a lot of things in the community. We worked with schools and we did a lot around oral cancer screening. So, you know, we had a really strong CSR element to what we did as well. Mm. I think yeah. it's really important, you know, for anyone who's listening, that thing about the fact of uh, build your business and get it ready now as if you're going to sell yeah. it because then you can get your processes and everything in place rather than quite often what we see is mm. suddenly they want to sell it and they're now scrabbling yeah, around. And the danger is when you start scrabbling around, it either delays it or potentially mm. reduces value. Absolutely. You know, and it, it always seems a bit silly yeah. to us, doesn't it? You know, we see guys who've had businesses for 35 years and then they sort of almost manage to devalue it themselves <laughs> yes. in the last 12 months yeah. because they haven't really either got everything in place as they, you know, as you started off saying, right, we're going to be at 10 years, then we're mm. going to basically sell it. So we'll, we'll put everything in place. I think it's critical for but people. also I think getting your business ready to sell it and selling it are two completely yeah. different uh, things. Absolutely. I think you should always have your business in shape to yeah. sell it. Whether it's this year, next year or 10 years, at least if an opportunity came up or, I don't know, just say personally you hit a bump in the road and you mm-hmm. needed to sell, you've got a business that's ready to yeah. go. Mm. Whereas if you're not ready 
and something does happen or there's a new opportunity and you want to move quickly, you can't. No. But well, you picked up on something you said at the very beginning when you were describing about buying the mm. business that you didn't know you know what you were doing, you had no idea, and you still did it anyway. And we've talked a lot about I think naivety is a really undervalued business skill. I think not knowing all the answers but still doing it. Gets oh, you I totally somewhere. agree and with you, Andy. If, you, if, if somebody if somebody had told you all that was going to happen <laughs> on the way, you would never have done it. Now I wouldn't, and I made so many mistakes. I can't tell you. But the beauty of that is, is I can say when I'm talking to practice owners, practice managers, I've been I've talked to a practice manager earlier about I can now teach people not to make the same mistakes as I make. Mm. And, you mm-hmm. know, there's so much yeah. value in that. And and really the Exceptional Leadership Academy training platform is very much a coaching-based platform. We mm. we coach people not to make the same mistakes. You know, mm. what, do you was one of, what do you reckon was one of your biggest, Nikki, on that on that start? What do you think was, if you were to like go, mm, I think that was probably probably the the biggest mistake that okay, I made. Biggest mistake was recruiting the wrong person. Oh, yeah, oh, wow. it was like throwing a hand grenade through the door, and then managing oh, that oh, wow. was the hardest, most stressful thing I've ever done. And I wanted to be everybody's friend. Right, okay. I, I always say to practice managers, yeah. be friendly, but don't be somebody's friend, you know, as a manager, mm. because when it comes down to having difficult conversations and accountability conversations with a friend, it is nigh on impossible. Yeah. And this just rewinding mm. to what I was saying about recruiting the wrong person, we recruited a nurse who my husband had worked with previously. And it's like, oh, she's brilliant. You know, she's great. She'll fit in with us perfectly. But what he didn't know about her was that she was really difficult to manage. You know, as a dental nurse, fine with him in the surgery, perfect. But actually, Mm -hmm. he'd never had to manage her outside that situation. And she was very, very difficult to handle. Very difficult to handle. I mean, there was one afternoon, this is the conversation I had earlier with a practice manager who's um, wanting some coaching and I was I said to her this this nurse tore a strip off me in front of patients it was it was absolutely unforgivable Ooh. it was a Friday wow. afternoon so we were all tired and she was finishing early so she went and left the practice and all weekend it was just there in my mind pondering how am I going to tackle this that was just totally unacceptable behavior how am I going to deal with it I was mowing the lawn on the Sunday afternoon, planning this conversation. <laughs> and on the Monday morning, she came in with this massive fat lemon drizzle cake, plonked it on my desk and said, oh, nice weekend, Nikki. That I brought you your favourite. She knew. And she just knew that, you know, which buttons to press. And, and so, I, this is the button. I'm just going to push it. Yes. I backed down and I thought, so I can't have this conversation now. What I should have done is said, Great, go make two cups of coffee, bring two plates in and a knife. Let's sit and have a conversation over this gorgeous cake. That's what I should have done. Or I'm going to stab you. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki, how long long did it take you from having the dawning realisation that she was the wrong person to her leaving the business? How long did that take? She didn't because we actually sold and she stayed in the practice, but she left very shortly after the sale. Wow. Right. I think yeah. it's a fascinating one, isn't it? For for yet again, people that you've got someone who on one face is a brilliant nurse who your your husband, she's great, mm-hmm. no problems, she's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of yeah. actually trying to manage her yeah. and integrate them into a team is like 
what's this person? It's like a Jekyll and Hyde type person. And and, and then you're back to your, you know, your your types A category, A, B, C, D people, you know. Is it someone who you you want who doesn't quite get it, So, but they're really good? So then those are the tricky ones, aren't they? How do do I get rid of you? Because actually you're not bad as a nurse. Absolutely, but but sometimes as, as, you know, as a manager and a principal, you, you, it's almost like four seasons in one day because you've got a particular personality, but you've got to match your personality to the different personalities of your team members. And some days when you've got somebody who behaves irrationally and, you know, just do random things, you know, that you don't expect, it's it's sometimes there's a mismatch and you you just don't know how to deal with those people. So that Mm, that is one of the things that we coach practice managers and principals mm. to handle is having that difficult conversation and planning out mm. so you prepared mm. and you almost like that exit exit strategy when you leave that that yeah, meeting room yeah. you've yeah. got the outcome that you desire not what they wanted mm. yeah, yeah. And, and how did it work from a kind of a wise life point of view because obviously were there kind of demarcation lines that when you got home you didn't just constantly talk about the practice because often working with your your spouse can be challenging. It it really can. And we did our very best to say, look, at nine o'clock at night, that is it. That is it. We draw a line. Um, Not always easy because, you know, sometimes, you you know, you you go home, two little ones at home, you're cooking tea, you're doing Mm. bath time, bedtime stories, all of that. Um, You know, one of them might be unsettled, so it pushes things on. And then, you get into mm. bed and you go, oh, can I just tell you this before I forget? Because I'll forget if I don't tell you now. Mm. Um, so yeah. it was. And that's it, a really oh. good time to have a conversation, isn't it? When you're tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After a long day. It's always going to work really well. Outcome's going to so be great. It was difficult. But, you know, and those kind of conversations, as you, as you say, Chris, you don't, you wake up in the morning and you haven't really retained much of the information. So I actually started texting my husband with things that I needed to tell him. Firstly, so I didn't forget to tell him, but secondly, so he forget yeah, yeah. what I'd said. <laughs> so it was there, it was there. <laughs> Crazy. It's almost, almost like an audit. <laughs> yeah. This is audit what I've trailed. said. Yeah. Good. I can remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and did you say it was it was 10 years you had the practice? Yeah, we opened our doors at the beginning of, well, it was less than 10 years. Our plan was 10 years. We opened our doors right. February 2006, and we sold in April, May 2015 oh so you virtually went to plan it it virtually went to plan but we sort of exceeded our expectations but i was was, so you delivered your plan a bit quicker than yeah and i think i always said to you know when we opened our doors i need to know what you want to achieve gary because i can't drive this business forward unless i know you know how you want to show up in the community how you want to show up as a dentist what your specialties Mm. are going to be um, you know, what your driving forces are. So I needed to understand from him as a manager what uh, his what aspirations were. So I could then... I'm just thinking that's a, that's, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because one, uh, you know, most dentists would have no idea when you ask them that question. And not only have you got no idea from a dentist, it happens to be your husband as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that that's quite an interesting one. Mm. Did, he, did you have to really help him on his journey yeah, of understanding what you were asking? Yes. And, you know, literally sort of paint a picture for him, you know. Um, mm. we, we've got a celebrity dentist who doesn't live too far away from us. Um, and I said, is that how you want to show up in the world? Do you want to be visible as a, a dentist? Do you want to be a thought leader? Do you want to be this? Do you want to be that? Because... Mm. I can't direct this business without really knowing how you want to position yourself. 
So we, we had mm-hmm. short-term, medium-term, long-term plans. And, you know, we became an award-winning practice very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, because we, we had vision. And from, and, from an ex- and from an exit point of view, what was the driver to get out within 10 years? What, what was the reason for only doing it for a set period of time? Yeah, I, I think I've always, you know, my parents are very hardworking people. I've always had that in front of me and I've always observed what they've done. I mean, the farmers, the farming folk in Yorkshire, you know, it's 24 seven. And I've always mm-hmm. thought, yeah, I, I'm a hard worker as well. And I, you know, I don't shy away from hard work, but I don't want to be doing that forever. And I'm prepared to sacrifice some time with my little ones now to then have valuable time later on mm-hmm. um, with them. And that's exactly what I've got. You know, my youngest is nearly 18 and my eldest is 20. You know, and I can mm, now yeah. afford to do lovely things. My eldest one lives in Manchester and works in Manchester. And I'm going over to see her for a weekend. I'm going to stay in a snazzy hotel, you know, because I can, I can yeah, treat yeah. her now. Um, and it's things like that, you know, that I always wanted to be able to really go and have some fun times with my girls and not to be, mm. you know, no to the grindstone in, into my 50s. So, mm. Yeah, I, I admire you that you're very structured in terms of your thinking and, and why you're doing the things you're doing. You've got a reason why we want to do this for a period of time and that's then going to give us that springboard for the next stage. Can I just ask, is there also then in there, Nikki, a um, a little bit of a bonkers let your hair down? You're not just like a completely structured individual. No, I, I sort of somehow, I, I, I don't know you very well, but, you know, we, we had a little conversation before we, ga- we came on. I, I'm gaining your personality <laughs> I sort of feel there is a Nikki that goes, yeah, woo! Absolutely, I do. <laughs> I tell you, um, yesterday I was in Laser Quest at Scape near Wakefield. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> six and seven year olds. <laughs> just to put you in the picture, I'm now divorced and I have got a lovely partner right. who's got a nine year old daughter who is absolutely bonkers on Laser Quest. So we spent all afternoon oh, wow. in Laser Quest. It was great fun. Excellent. Brilliant. Excellent. Good. I, I like to see that. Were you really structured at how I planned it? <laughs> they were. I was. Yeah, like, as, a team, as a team, we're going to do yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, did you get them all together in a huddle? Yeah, we right, were the guys. Team, and they were like, we've got to be a team, we've got to be a team. But no, I sort of branched off and went and did my own thing and found the baby. <laughs> you were fabric. independent. Yeah. No, but no, I'm, I'm not. When it comes to business, I'm very structured. You're. And, uh, you mm. know, that's what I help other businesses achieve now. Um, and. Mm. You know, I think going back to what we were saying, it's, it's about doing your due diligence as you're going along. So at any point in time, bang, you can sell. And, you know, that mm-hmm. even comes down to the compliance as well, because there's so many oh, yeah, practices yeah, that think, right, I'm going to oh. sell. Um, you know, the, on face value, they've got an amazing business. But when you look at the foundations, they're very, very shaky. Um, yeah. and, then and I don't know where that bit of paper that. is. So... Mm. So that, that, and I, I find and myself doing I, a lot of compliance just to, yeah. because that's one of one of the strings to my bow. I'm mm. a compliance consultant as well as business and leadership and all the other things. But I, I, you know, I think that's because I've had all of that. You know, I've got that quiver of experience mm. having done it myself. I was going to say, having been through setting up mm. a squat, taking care of the business side of the practice and, and exiting and exiting you, I think you, is so yeah, important I was going to yeah. say you've got the, the full suite and I guess that's what led you to co-found the Exceptional yeah. Leadership Academy and I love this this ethos of, of purpose over profit mm. and 
from talking to you, you're very clear about what your purpose yeah. is. You know, you're very structured in, in your thinking. But I don't think for lots of people, they actually know what their purpose is. I think lots of people mm. will just say, well, it's, it's delivering dentistry, isn't it? And I imagine that for lots of people, that's quite challenging for them to mm. truly understand yes. what, what their purpose yes. is. It ties in yes. a bit to what Nikki was saying at the beginning, wasn't it? And she was yeah. talking to her husband, you know, well, what actually do you yes. want to do? What do you want to be? Yeah. I, I, I want to be a dentist. No, no, no. I mean, we, we do a course. We, we used to do a course and we'd say to people, you know, you, you people would do their CVs and we'd say, it doesn't really matter if it's an 18-page CV with all your qualifications mm-hmm. on it because in reality, you're just a dentist you know, what else are you and what do you want to be and what do you want yes. to achieve and what's your visions and yeah. what your values? And I, and I think that's great that you talk to people and bring yeah, it Yeah, and, and mm. you know, we do. Andy, my business partner, and I, you know, we, when we do business fact finds, that is one of the questions. It's, you know, what's the bigger picture? You know, not not just your purpose. And let's just talk about purpose just for a second because I think some people really do find it hard to, to, to mm. really nail it down, as you say, but understand what your purpose is mm. and you know one person will say it's dentistry one one people say i want to be an award-winning practice but actually it's like going into a bed shop isn't it and the salesperson mm. saying to you yes. what's the purpose of your visit one person would be would say well it's to buy a bed but the salesperson might say well actually no what what you've come here to do is buy a good night's sleep so we need to find you the perfect yeah. bed mm. So that's the purpose of your visit. And I think it's almost that kind of thing when I, you know, work with practices, I'm asking those deeper questions about, you know, what's your driving force? What do you want to leave behind? You know, what do you want to achieve? Is it a legacy? Is it the bottom line profit? Do you want to be, you know, do you want fame and glory? Um, do you want to be a brand yourself within the world of dentistry? What is it you want to achieve? Because we can't start to plan your your journey without really understanding mm. where you want to get to. But also, you need honesty as yeah. well because people might go, "Oh, perhaps the the right answer is legacy," because mm. that's noble. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's noble. noble. Yeah. It's actually what they're really thinking is yeah. profit, yeah. and you I need to. Money. And the thing is, profit's okay. You know, if you're running a commercial enterprise, profit isn't isn't the wrong answer. But you do need people to be honest because yes. then you can work with them on a plan to achieve mm. what they want. There must be some people you work with, Nikki, that you can't work with. Does that make yes. sense? You know, you must have some people that when they mm. come to you and then you're like, well, I don't think I can really help I you. I all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. So do I. But I'm going to keep it quiet. No, but, but you know, Chris, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And um, Andy and I had a stand at the BDIA conference and we had a practice owner come and talk to us. And, he, you know, it was all about, the problems he's having, the issues, he wants to find solutions. So, but we were, you know, what we were getting back from him, he was finding a problem for every solution we were giving him. And you think, mm. this is like wading through mud. You know, if we went and yeah, worked yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy, he's not got his head in the right place. He's got a fixed mindset. He's not adapting that growth mindset mm. to think about new, yeah. different innovative ideas to bring into his practice and he's you know mm. we always use this little picture of you of your practice being the car on a journey and again one of the biggest mistakes i made i could never step away from the wheel because i was always in fear of that that vehicle crashing mm. so that what you know the, the model that we use now at ela is that actually we've, we've seen a, a massive place in the market for practice growth managers not just practice managers you know practice managers in mm. my mind do ordering, do all the compliance, you know, deal with any 
problem team members, do the roses, yeah. whatever it might be. But we see a place for a practice growth manager who sits be- between that particular individual and the practice principal. They're the ones sat mm-hmm. at the wheel of the car, driving mm-hmm. business growth and and yeah, bringing you bringing business. Your business yeah. This, the principal can then sit in the back of the car, get on with the clinical work, do a little bit of backseat driving as and when they need to, mm. but essentially somebody else is steering the vehicle forwards and making sure that every cog in the engine, all the team members are well-oiled, finely tuned. They're all moving at the right speed in the right direction to mesh together and drive that vehicle forwards. And, you know, if you get mm. the wrong cog in that engine, as I did, mm. the whole thing can come yeah. to a grinding halt. Um but so, you know, it's what you put in the did engine the as well. What does ELA stand for? Exceptional. Yeah, did the ELA stand for? It's exceptional leadership. Right, okay. Yeah. So, you know, essentially it's it's a dental model at the moment, but people are people. Leadership is leadership. It doesn't matter which yeah, industry definitely. you work in. It you know, mm. leaders have similar problems. People are people. Mm, yeah, so, and I think timing is is spot on in terms of because I, I think we're going to a new era of dentistry. I, totally I think agree. we've got um, digitization, um, changing patient demands, mm-hmm. work patterns. The NHS funding is going to change, and it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on what the future of dentistry. You know, what does a twenty first century dental practice look like, or what should it look like? Because it's not going to look like it does in no. two years' time. You know, what what are the sorts of things people should be thinking about and preparing for? I think I, I agree with you. We're moving into um, a completely different era, and I think we have to be authentic. It's an era of authenticity, and as a business, particularly dentistry, who whose public persona tends to be about money and you know dentists earn loads of money i think the model that we need to be adapting is is a bit of an educational piece as well because as we know internally because we work in the business we've got nhs de- dentists bailing out by the bucket load day every day after day after day dental nurses are going to work in tesco because they can earn more mm. you know but the public don't see that and unless we educate them and we adapt that in our practices so you know practices are educating the public that view of what's changing won't won't you know that the public won't understand what what's going on so you know for Andy and I at ELA one one of the things in our business model is to have a really strong corporate social responsibility element within that model and we've got a program that we call our future dental practice program where we work with the business intensively for three months but then handhold them for a year thereafter part of that model is actually giving back to the community and having a CSR element. And we talk about creating pull, pull marketing, not push marketing. Push marketing mm-hmm. don't work, as I found out. Mm-hmm. You know, we spent lots of money on hard marketing, broke even if we were lucky, started mm-hmm. using that pull mechanism and educating the public, um, particularly because we're near Hull, which is a port, we've got a very high incidence of oral cancer. Because we are a port, people go over to Amsterdam, have their hen nights, stag nights, come back. And we've, you know, we've got a high prevalence of the human papilloma virus here in Hull, which is one of the cause causative factors for oral cancer. So we use that as an education piece. We got on the radio, we got on the TV, you know, and then if there was another um, topic, dental topic that, 
you know, the radio station. They came yeah, to they you. Came to that's, us. That's, 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 that's really smart. That's really smart to use a social yeah, issue definitely. like HPV relative yeah. to where you're Absolutely. based. Because that's going to be relevant to the people in your local area. That will resonate. Absolutely. Mm. And what, that's really yeah, smart. one of the things really that we're smart. doing in our platform, I've got um, an ex-TV presenter who's a PR expert. She's actually putting content onto the platform. Um, and she, she's amazing. And, you know, I think this is, this is the way that it works both ways. You know, the, the practice can educate the public in whatever way they choose to, but it then creates mm -hmm. the pull back to the practice as well. And you're mm -hmm. building that rapport. People start to trust you. They see you as a likable entity, not just a machine mm -hmm. that's churning out dentistry. For me, mm -hmm. that is the way that you can demonstrate your authenticity. And you look at any mm -hmm. successful dental practice, that's the kind of model that they're adapting and adopting in their businesses. Um, and that's what we're encouraging people to do. And we can help consult with them to achieve that. And I think it's about that emotional patient journey. Mm. And all the language around that. Yeah. And if you get a, a practice growth manager in place, I assume ongoing, you don't need to be a life support system for these practices. The idea is that they then basically deliver their own plan because they've got the skills yes. and the confidence to do Ab it. Absolutely. So we've got a three-tiered model, the platform, so the Exceptional Leadership Academy, that practice growth plan that I developed in our practice, and we doubled turnover in three years using this model. It's all built into the platform. So that's your do-it-yourself toolkit. You can do it yourself, but we make no money out of that at all. That's our giving back mechanism. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's fourteen ninety nine a month. It's nothing. But the, the amount of yeah. um, courses and content that Andy and I put in there, it's huge. But then if people think, actually, that's exactly what I want to achieve, but I don't quite know how to do it myself. I'm following all the, you know, the methodology. Implementation is always the same, isn't it? Is it like, that I was going to say, life's always about implementation, it isn't is. it? Yeah. yeah. We can read all the books we want. We can read all the recipes we want. But if we do bugger all with it. it exactly. If book. you never make the cake, and I think that's it's actually the problem, the doing isn't things it? with it. That's the problem. It's finding time to use the toolkit when you're already so busy. Hmm. Well, when you think, you know, when you, when we sort of say to people, you know, you you've got to be a husband, a wife, a partner, a finance director, a HR director, mm. a sales director, a marketing director, a managing director, a clinical director, a compliance director. Oh, and you've got to be a dentist. But actually, being a dentist is ninety percent probably of your day. Yes. So then you've got to squeeze yes. all these other bits around, um, it. Yeah, unless you actually get it sorted. Yeah. So yeah, that unless you get it sorted, manager is just key to that model. Because you mm. can then get on and do yeah. the dentistry and do what you're trained to do. I think the thing we, we, yeah, I think what we've said to loads, it's very fascinating, isn't it? Because we've said to loads of people, you sometimes just have to take a hit of the profit to employ someone to do something, you know, mm. like your, your development manager, because they will pay back and elevate mm. your practice because you just can't do it. Because one, you either haven't got the time or two, you haven't got the skill yeah. set. Yeah. Well, we're, we're five months into a 12-month programme, actually with, with a, a practice near York, which is fairly local for us. I mean, because we travel all over the UK um, and that we're five months in and they've already doubled their private income. So... You know, yeah. you can start the process, start making the money, then you, you've then got a little bit of equity there to train or recruit mm -hmm. your business, your, your practice growth manager. We, yeah, we develop yeah. those people. We can actually find the right person because we've got also got a recruitment on to what we do. Oh. 
I was going to say you do the search we and find. We do the search and find. We do the training. So, I mean, obviously the wow. practice is involved in the recruitment and choosing the right person. Uh, but yeah, we, yeah. we actually train that individual and we handhold them in the business for the first year. So they understand wow, really the business plan. They understand what the principal wants to achieve. And, you know, we do it together. Mm. We do it together. And they can argue against the principal when he changes his mind. <laughs> yeah. Or does, or does it, says, no, I'm not really too sure. No, this is what <laughs> no, we've agreed. Paper. This is the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what, we've, this is what yeah, I signed this is up what to. agreed right? okay. in the first month. You, you, you strike me as the, you're doing the right job, aren't you? You're so oh, enthusiastic and, and committed it. to the, the way you talk about it. When someone's passionate about something, it's infectious, isn't mm, it? Yeah, definitely. Because genuinely you take joy in transforming these practices and, and you know seeing them move on from where they were yeah it's, it's like a dentist transforming somebody's smile isn't it i mean mm. satisfaction mm. that i see dentists getting from from changing somebody's life essentially and that's what it can come down mm. to you know in some in some yeah. cases and and that's what we can help practices achieve you know really change things around so you know from sitting at the wheel of that car constantly you can you can take some time back, you know, a Friday off and you know, in the holidays and go and have some time with the children or pick them up from school or you don't have to be there in the business every mm-hmm. minute of the day and t- t- turn your And the, you t- define what that success yeah, is, absolutely. don't you? That's the key thing. You take yeah. your ownership for what yeah. you want. Turning the camera away from the practices and putting it back onto you, what does success look like for you? You talked a lot about the success of the dental practices, uh-huh. but what 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 what's success look like for you? I think I've got it. For, for me, getting out of bed every morning and thinking, what's the day ahead going to hold? I never know because it's always different. Every day is different. <laughs> but if I can help one person every day achieve something, then that's success to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Job satisfaction, isn't it? And and I'm more than happy just to pick up the phone and talk to a practice manager like I did this morning. I was talking to one yesterday on a Sunday, but you know, if it really helps them get off the blocks on a Monday morning and actually deal with an issue that they've been I mean, this one poor practice manager says I've been in tears all weekend. I'm like, well, if I can help you deal with this problem tomorrow morning, you can have you don't have a sleepless night tonight. Then, yeah, makes well, a I difference. was thinking about your lawnmower story. You know, you, you you've experienced that. Oh my god! You know, you, you you worried about it and worried about it. It sits in your brain until Sunday Sunday afternoon, and then yeah. in reality, if you yes. can bring it to someone that they can ring you on Friday afternoon when it's happened, and you can say, "Yeah, it's cool." Yeah, you know, chill uh, out absolutely. over the weekend. I think that's brilliant. Anyway, and for anybody brilliant. who's listening, we've got a very active Facebook group called Leadership in Dentistry. Um, it's a help group, um, and it, uh, we've got heaps and heaps of experts in there. So if Andy and I can't help you, we've got people we can tag who are very, very happy to help, whether it's GDPR, which is infection control, compliance, you name it, it's all in there. Um, I'm a member of that group, Nikki, and it is. It's oh, a great thank group. you. There's lots of, of, yeah, there's lots of groups on Facebook that, that I tend to attract whingers. It's not a whingers group. It's the help group. You know the sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's good. But if you if you could send us the uh, yes, the link, okay. we'll put the URL in the uh, episode That's notes brilliant. so people can link directly through that to that. Amazing. So Thank you. And if anybody's interested, and this isn't a plug, it's because it's you know it's free. It's all free on there. Um, I'm going to have to join. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless I'm already a member. Yeah, I think one, one of the things I love doing as well is podcasts. So I'm on the other end. I'm at the receiving end today. I'm normally doing yes. the other way around. 
Um, yes. So I've got to get you guys nailed down for an interview, uh, get you in the group. No, we'd love, um, to. We'd um, love to. But I interviewed John Mill at the CQC a couple of weeks ago. John oh, is okay. fantastic. And he gave me such a, an honest, candid interview about what's happening at the CQC, what to anticipate into 2023. It's brilliant. So, you know, we put those kind of interviews into the group just to try and keep people informed. Mm. They don't have to worry. No, good. Chris, earlier on, Chris asked about, you know, is there a, a less structured, more wild side to Nikki? Because it sounded like your your life was all in neat boxes and, and organised. Um, there was a there was a story about you canoeing down the Zambezi. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Which struck me as being a fairly rascal thing. Oh, gosh. What this is many there? years ago, but I'll do it again. I'll do it tomorrow. It was the most amazing experience. Um, my ex-husband and I decided that we were going to do a world tour before we settled down and had babies, which is what we did. Um, so we planned our route, where we were going to go. All Gary wanted to do was go to Vegas. I'm like, mm. <laughs> A well There's a little bit of a difference. Vegas. I want to go to that canoeing in Zambezi. Yeah, can you safari, <laughs> I bet you're going to fall in the river. <laughs> uh, we, we ended up doing both. We both got up. We, we packed both of them in. Oh, but my gosh, three days camping on the banks and little islands along the Zambezi. Mind-blowing. Wow. Absolutely mind-blowing. Brilliant. And, you know, sometimes there's only like a sheet of canvas between you and a lion or a hippo or uh, you know, it, is, yeah, that's it a- is the most terrifying thing I've ever done, but the most amazing thing I've ever done. And we'd be getting mm. up at like four in the morning to canoe before it got hot. And then, then we'd yeah. stop and have breakfast about nine o'clock as it was starting to, to get warmer. Yeah. Um, mm. And then you, you, it was just, it was just brilliant. But the sun literally dropped out of the sky about for half five in the evening. Oh, Africa it's, is bonkers, isn't it? it? It's like there's, there's no twilight. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, there's no, no. twilight. It's going. Oh, uh, oh, it's dark. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> you've got that snippet of time to get your tent up. Literally. Yeah, no, that's right. It is bonkers. It yeah, is nuts, yeah, so. but that was the most wild thing that I've ever done. And hippos definitely are the most dangerous thing on the river, not crocodiles. Yeah. I saw a video recently of a, of a hippo um, chasing a boat. Yeah. My goodness, those things can move. Oh, yeah, really yeah, they don't look very they, fast, they, don't they? they? They like run in yeah. water. And they're cool. so savvy because they know where the sandbanks are as well. You don't. Right. So they know where the right, bits yeah. that they can trot along, you know, and you're canoeing madly to get away from them. It's that thing, isn't it, about, you know, understanding your own exactly. territory, mm. isn't it? If you're on your, your home yeah. ground you feel way Absolutely. more comfortable than than when when you're not that would have been brilliant that would yeah. be fantastic oh yeah no it's a great it's a great story it's a great story. we we could talk all day <laughs> i think there's 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 so many dimensions you get to a glass it. of wine out yeah exactly exactly for episode two yeah um we we always we always finish up with the same two mm-hmm. questions that we ask our guests um just to get an insight in terms of you know you as a person your thinking and the first one that we always <laughs> ask no is pressure. no no not at all <laughs> not at all if you could be the fly on a wall in a situation with somebody um when would that be and where would you be and who would you oh, my be with? gosh my gosh yeah i think as i said we were talking weren't we before we got on to the interview about my hair disaster we weren't going to mention it. Yeah, in we fairness, weren't. We, in we, fairness, we, 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 we were going to stay shy uh, of that. Forget this. It's still pretty bright, but you should have seen it about a week ago. Oh my gosh, I was a walking highlighter pen. 
um, I went to the I went to the hairdressers and saw a different hairdresser this time, and she completely wrecked it. I've been having a nice sort of rose gold, that kind of pinky rose gold in my hair. It's oh, look, yeah. it's subtle, subtle, nice subtle color. And now she she did it and wrecked it. So about a week later, I, I rang up and said, "Please sort me out. It feels like straw. It, it just looks bleach blonde. Please can I come back?" So I went back saw another hairdresser. She did it, and after a wash or two, it was back to the bleach blonde so she said right what you need is this color reviving shampoo it's brilliant absolutely brilliant so she she sent me to the right link and i bought this shampoo went to the gym was in the shower applying this shampoo no mirrors or anything i'm like god my hands are pretty pink right okay oh it's washing off it's all right i don't have to worry too much um went got got changed in the changing room still got the towel on my hair on my hair and then sort of looked in the mirror took the towel off and went oh my god so I put something on Facebook, please, I need help, I need help, I need somebody to tell me how to get this stuff off, because it's just ridiculous, I'm glowing in the dark, and it literally was that bright, called hot pink, it was fluorescent pink, and my daughter, she's like, I'm not going out with you looking like that, mother, you're embarrassing mum, I was like, I'm not going out anyway, so you don't need to worry about that one, I'm not going anywhere looking like this either. So yeah, that, that, no, that I think story. had um, yeah, I'd have really would have loved to have been that fly on the wall in the hairdressers when, when yeah, I, I went and showed. When yeah, they went, when they went, oh yeah, yeah, that moment. Can you be sued for the wrong colour hair? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that was um, yeah, that's I, a good one. I don't think we'll get that story again. No, no, I don't. No, think we always that, wonder whether we get unique one. Answers, but we won't be getting yeah, a repeat on that. I'm uh, going to be fascinated by the answer to the next question. Well, and, and, our, and, our, and our follow-up questions, if you could meet somebody, uh, you can meet anybody you want, who would you like to, to meet? And you can't say that hairdresser in the dark, <laughs> <are> you? <laughs> Do you know, all the people I'd like to meet are dead. It's okay, it can be, it can be a dead person, yeah, we can, we, in, It can be a fictional character honestly, as well. In, in, in this podcast, we can bring people back, from, bring the people back yeah. from the dead. I would have loved to have met Sean Connery. Oh, ah, okay. And why? I just don't know. I think he's he was a fascinating character. Um, interviews he gave, you know, I always thought he was a really genuine person. Mm. Um, his accent, yes. his approach to life. And I, obviously I was right, an avid so. James Bond fan, as you yeah. know, in my younger days and thought he was absolutely gorgeous as well. So... Um, but he, <laughs> he was pretty. He was pretty good he, as he got older. He was older, great. Though, wasn't he, really? you know, he, he, he aged well. He was like a like a good yeah, wine. Yeah, he did. Sean he did. Connery. He really matured and yeah, yeah, pure vintage, absolutely. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would have liked to meet him, but oh gosh, people like Elon Musk, you know, those kind of people mm-hmm. who have got complete clarity and vision about what they want mm. to achieve in, in life. You know, we only get one chance. Mm. It's not a dress rehearsal. And, you know, I think yeah. I think if we could all live our lives by that philosophy, we couldn't. We wouldn't go far wrong, would we? Mm. Stop the no, moaning absolutely. and the groaning. Absolutely. You know, there's too many BMWs yeah. in life who bitch, moan and whinge. Yes. Um, you know, if we could eradicate a few of those or a lot of those, um, you know, mm. I think we'd be in a far better place. No, absolutely. What I we know. should try and do now is if we could like do a fade out on the edit with that Eminem song, which is you got one chance to do <laughs> yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> as it fades out. out. Yeah. Thank you out. very much, Nikki. <laughs> 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 
Probably not guys listening to the edit on this, but then. No. no, that was lovely, Nikki. That was, that that was, was brilliant. Oh, no, I've really, really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Thank really you. No, I've really, really enjoyed it. And like I say, I think the time's the time's yeah. fine, which is always a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, really appreciate it. We'll we'll get this put together. But if you could let us have that link, we will yeah, stick that in the, in the notes. Because like brilliant. you say, I think that that Facebook group is fabulous and we can get some more people oh, in there. Then, yeah, more content can get Yeah, shared. and I'll, I'll, I'll ping a link to it, the, you know, the, the platform as well because uh, honestly, there's so much value in, in there for practice yeah. owners and practice managers. Well, of, you know, anybody who's even a head nurse, there's just coaching mm. videos in there about how to have difficult conversations, how to, mm-hmm. how to rema- remain resilient, just so much stuff just to try and help build people back up again. We've actually got an inspiration zone in there. So if we've got somebody feeling a bit down and out and just need to feel a bit inspired and uplifted, there's an inspiration zone in there as well. So, Oh, we sat over to us. Yeah, lovely. And I really, really would love to interview you guys. Seriously. Yeah, love to. Love to. Yeah, no, we'd be happy to to turn up for that. Brilliant. So could you send me some dates when you're available, please? Yeah, of course, Ken. Yeah, no problem at all. um, No problem at all. You know, Brilliant. just send me a selection of dates. I don't. I'm, I'm not as organised as you with your little calendar <laughs> in my paper diary. <laughs> no, we'll do that. We'll do. We'll get that. Fantastic, lovely. And if I can share any of your stuff anywhere, anything that might help you guys, I'll be more than happy to do Thank that. You. Including, you know, Brilliant. interviews Love. and podcasts. I mean, where where do you put these these out mainly? Uh, so this will go as a, as a podcast. So it will be on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on all the channels where you can mm-hmm. get podcasts from. And we also pop it onto YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, you, you'll be able to access it on on pretty much any podcast channel uh, that's out there, um, and on YouTube as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. you know, yeah, if there's because so. we've got ELA TV on YouTube, so right. you know, if there's anything that you want us to share or get out there, I'm very happy to do that. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, well, we can pop it on there as well. That'd be great. Yeah, brilliant. Perfect. But yeah, you can send me some dates and I will return the favour. That would be amazing. Brilliant. Lovely. Thanks a lot, Really good. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.